Well, good morning and welcome to Sunday service. My name is Pastor Todd Coconato. So thankful that you've joined us today. Happy New Year to you. Uh, in the beginning of the year, it's always a time for us to reflect, for us to make sure that we're in alignment with God's perfect will, and if not, to course correct and to uh, repent of any sin and unrighteousness in our life, to get in shape physically, mentally, and of course, most important, spiritually. And I did actually a broadcast this last week about mind, body, spirit. No, it's not something new age. I'm not teaching any new type of gospel. It is straight from the word of God. Please forgive me. You probably hear my voice is a little hoarse today. I'm still getting better, believe it or not, from this uh, long, I don't know what it is, cold allergies, but it just doesn't seem to want to go away. So somebody's going to probably notice my voice sounds a little bit different. That's why. But I actually feel pretty good. And so hopefully you can deal with my froggy voice. But thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about coming to the end of ourselves, coming to the end of ourselves and surrendering in God's grace. We've got to surrender in God's grace and his mercy and coming to the end of our expectation of what we physically as a human are able to do physically, spiritually, uh, you know, the Bible talks about vain imaginations and a lot of things that people think are from God that aren't really from God. There's something that we conjured up or maybe we heard a part of a vision from the Lord and then we expounded upon it, put flesh in there or sped up his timing or, um, you know, we, we, we try to build our own kingdom. There's so many people out there in the body of Christ that I feel personally trying to build their own kingdom instead of God's kingdom. I know you've seen it. There's a lot of horrible vitriol and backstabbing and infighting online from Christians. In fact, I've never seen it at the level that it's at right now. Well, I think exposure is good, and I think the Lord exposes certain people, especially when they're in sin, and uh, he does that after probably several attempts to try to get them to stop doing what they're doing in private, and the Lord will allow what's been done in darkness to come to light. But there's a lot of a lot of stuff online that's happening. And I know many of you get grieved by these things and we all see it. Uh, but we're going to come to the end of ourself today. Total reliance on the Lord. And this is a, kind of a piggyback on Friday night's message. If you haven't watched Friday night's message at the RRC, I think it's important that you watch that because this is kind of like a part two to that. But let's go ahead and get into the scripture before we do that. We do that. Let's pray. So, Lord, I'm just so thankful that every remnant warrior that's tuned in today from wherever they're watching, whether it's at home or in their car, on their phone. Uh, and I just pray right now that we would not be distracted for this next half hour, 45 minutes or so, that we would just be completely in tune with your spirit. I pray that you'd give me an unction of your spirit, that I would have revelation exactly how to um, speak this message from your heart today, Lord. And I just pray that any flesh would be removed and Lord, that you give me uh, an unction and, and sanctification that would happen right now as I go in and preach this word. And we thank you for every person on here. I pray blessing and favor over them and their family and their life as we enter in this new year and this new season. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So we're going to go on this journey of coming to the end of ourselves today, surrendering to God's grace. And I believe uh, there's a message I preached many years ago and it reminds me of this, that this, this was the biggest revelation in Christendom that I had after getting saved and set free and healed and delivered. This was the number one revelation uh, after those things, of course, because uh, when I understood my identity in Jesus Christ, who I am, what I was created to do, what my purpose is, and a lot of people still don't know what their purpose is, 
Well, God gives us uh, all collectively as the body of Christ a purpose to be a soul winner. That's why I talk so often about winning souls. It is the great commission. He also tells us to love our neighbor. We're known by our love. We're known by our fruit. We're meant to be the salt and the light. So every one of us has that collective purpose. And then we each have an individual calling and a unique calling. And so uh, I don't want to hear anybody on here saying I don't have any purpose, because even if you don't know what your calling is, you still know what you're meant to do. So start there. You know, when I got saved, one of the first things I did was start becoming a street preacher. I would go out on the streets of Los Angeles and Hollywood, and I would just preach because I knew that I wasn't ready to be a pastor. You know, I, I felt a ministry calling. I felt a fire, and I wanted to, to do anything that I could for the Lord. But the, the easiest and the fastest way for me to be able to do that was to go out and be a street preacher. And so I would get out in Hollywood Boulevard. Some of you heard this story before. I'd play my keyboard. I'd put my keyboard right up there. I'd play worship music. People would get saved. Uh, in fact, I still uh, am in touch with a few people that that met me on the streets of Hollywood. Um, so I was a street preacher. Why did I become a street preacher? Because I was already out there in the world. I already knew the territory, and I believe the Lord redeemed uh, the the stuff that I did in the world by allowing me to have the authority in, in, in the principalities and the strongholds that I was dealing with to go back to Hollywood, to go back out there. And I'm not saying there wasn't warfare. There was a lot of warfare. But the Lord was with me. People got saved. And so you, we can always find something to do, uh, whether it's going to a coffee shop and ministering to somebody, whether, it, whether it's the people that God has put in your path. You know, even if we're a brand new believer, there are many, many hungry people. And when we come to the end of ourselves, our wants, our needs, our desires, me, 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 which is all this culture is at this point is so me focused that you have all these selfish people, haughty people. In fact, the Bible says in the last days, People are going to be lovers of themselves. Here we are, right? Uh, so all those things, and you should look up that scripture that, that talks about in the last days, you know, um, all the things that people are going to do. And that's, that's exactly where we are. So we're going to recognize our need for God. You know, a lot of people say, well, God needs me. No, he doesn't need you. He'll use you, but you don't think that God could produce another you in two seconds? Of course he could. One second, split second, nothing. You know, he doesn't need us, but he it, it warms his heart. It blesses him. And by the way, it blesses us because he puts his favor and blessing on us when we show up with our free will and we say, use me like Isaiah, send me, use me. So we get to the end of ourselves, our wants, our desires, our needs, the me focus. And we say, Lord, how can I be an instrument of you? How can I best serve you? And when you do this, let me explain something. No matter what's going on in the world. No matter what's going on in the world, you're going to have the hand of God on you. You're going to have the blessing and the favor because that is optimally what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to the end of ourself and surrender, lay down whatever it is. You know, he said, you guys are fishermen. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Why did he want to do that? Because that's the Great Commission. You know, uh, you, you can be used by God just like some great preachers that you may watch online or that you know about them. I'm thinking like David Wilkerson, people like that. You know, we look up to those people in the, in the spirit and we say, wow, that person had an anointing. You know, David Wilkerson was a man of God. He spoke a very clean message, a holy message of holiness and purity. Well, you can be that person. You can speak a message of holiness and purity and you can live your life in a consecrated way. We can do this in, in a way that pleases God and in a way that sets us up for success. So Romans 3, Romans 3, 23, I'm reading out of the New King James, Romans 3, 23. 
it says this, okay? It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is reminding us that all of us fall short and need God's grace to bridge the gap. There's a lot of folks, I mentioned some of those guys online, it's become the new thing. It's the new it thing. You know, expose the pastor. Expose, and I, listen, some of it's God's doing. I'll tell you, because the Lord wants some of these folks to get exposed. There's some demonic stuff that's been going on for years, and what's been done in darkness is coming to light. So some people have a real unction in their spirit to, to be used, and, and if it's God's doing, that's fine. But I think that it shouldn't be our main focus all the time because I think that, you know, we have a great commission. We're supposed to be soul winners. We're supposed to go out and make disciples. Um, you know, we're supposed to exude the love of Jesus Christ. We've got to have mercy. we got to have grace. Not everybody needs to be exposed 24-7. But if God puts it on your heart, then I think it's a God thing. So it's just, you know, like everything when it comes to prophecy, when it comes to deliverance, anything that becomes a bubble or something that's over-enunciated, that's where it can become an idol or it could be something something that we, we're not meant to do. So uh, it starts off as a good thing. If the Lord puts it on your heart and says, hey, I'm putting this on you. I mean, I could think of like some things in the last couple of years where a very anointed person of God had it put on them to say something about something. I mean, we've, we've done this over the last couple of years, you know, and we've said it, you know, and people say name names, we name names. You know, not a lot of times, but once in a blue moon we do. Uh, if that's something that God says to do, right? So it's, it's got to be a God thing. It's got, we want to be led by the spirit, but all have sinned. We got to remember this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's, you're not going to find a perfect person. And what I mean by this is if you watch, uh, you know, anybody 24 seven, like say you were able to do it, like, uh, you know, the movie Scrooge, you know, the ghost of Christmas present and past, and, you know, they're showing them their whole life. If somebody was literally with you 24 seven, and they're watching everything you do from morning till night, day after day, you better believe there's going to be sin. And there's going to be things that you didn't want people to know about you. And th that goes for every single person. Now, whether we're cognizant of it or not, if we do something that grieves God with the Holy Spirit that's in us, we should have an instant. I believe an instant. Sometimes it may be a little bit, you know, uh, later. But I know, like, if I do something, if I say something that I know is out of order, out of line, that grieves God, I know the Holy Spirit is going to convict me, and then I have to make it right. I have to repent. And so all of sin and fall short of glory of God, but how did King David get the title of man after God's heart? Well, that's because he was a good repenter. So we often talk about this. We've got to be good repenters, but we can't possibly obtain, we can't, we can't get to a level of sinlessness. It's not going to happen. We can get to a, a level of consecration. We can get to a level of purity and righteousness and walk in an upright manner and do everything we can to, to, to be in alignment with God's will. We can know his word. We can, we can ask the Holy Spirit for strength, uh, especially if it's a sin that we're, you know, we're wanting to commit. And we say, God, give me strength. I don't want to commit the sin. He will give you the strength. All, listen, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But the deal is, is that God will give you the strength. When we come to the end of ourselves. We we can't possibly think that we're going to be able to stop that thing. I remember when I got out of the world and I had all kinds of addictions and different things like this, of course, many, many years ago. And people said, you're going to have to go to rehab. You're going to have to go this. And I wasn't on hard drugs. OK, don't get me wrong. But but, you know, people are saying you're not going to be able to stop those things, those bad habits, drinking and smoking and things like that. And listen, I'm going to be real with you. There were times over the years where I fell and I had to I had to ask the Lord for mercy. Uh, I remember one time in my earlier Christian years, you know, like 
it just it just happened so quick. And I was like, how the heck did that even happen? You know, and, and that's how sin happens. It comes on you quick. You know, it's 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 a quick thing that maybe you're not thinking at that moment. You're you're in a weak moment or something. So, you know, for you to think that you're so bad when well, I'm going to tell you, everybody's had that, whether they're going to admit it to you or not. OK, everybody's had that moment, especially if you come out of the, the world and you are in a lifestyle of sin that the devil has a trick or something that he does to, to bamboozle you. And next thing you know, you fall. And I hope it's not a big fall. And I hope it's not now sin is sin, but hopefully it's not something that you can't recover from. I don't believe the Lord and his mercy will allow that if he knows your heart is to serve him. But the deal is we got to get this out of the way because everybody out there has done something that they're ashamed of. Everybody that's watching this has done something they're ashamed of. Everybody that's watching this has done something that you wouldn't want other people to see. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of it is more recent than you want to admit. Okay. So that's why the scripture says, look, all of sin. Now, is this an excuse that we can go sin? No, it's not an excuse. We don't want to go. We don't want to, you know, we're not like saying, oh, I'll just repent later. No, we want to not open that door because when you open that door, that gives the devil an inroad in your life. That gives him an opportunity to accuse you. It gives him an opportunity to allow something else to happen because you've opened that door. So we we can't go crazy over this, but we do everything in our power to, to ask the Lord when the temptation comes and then you resist the devil and he's got to flee. And if you've done something, repent of it. It's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. Now, here's the deal. God will always forgive you, but man won't always forgive you. And so sin has consequence. And that's what we got to understand. Sin has consequence. And that's why being a leader, the Bible says you're held to a higher standards. So uh, I, I can't have those open doors at this point in my life. Now that I'm a senior pastor, I'm a leader, I'm out online. You know, at this point, there's no excuse. I can't do it anymore. Okay, maybe in my earlier days of ministry, I could get away with, uh, you know, doing something stupid, you know, like smoking or something. But no, I can't do that. That's 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 grieves the Lord. I would I would be exposed in that, you know, and so. I'm just being very transparent with you. You know, when I first started ministry, I still needed healing. I still needed, you know, God to do some stuff in my life, you know, and, and I still do today because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So he who is without sin, throw the first stone, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? He who is without sin, throw the first stone. Uh, don't be focused on the speck in someone else's eye when you got a plank in your own. But that doesn't mean that we don't confront sin. That doesn't mean that we don't expose things if God says to expose it. It doesn't mean that we ourselves aren't held accountable. We've got to be accountable. See, thank God, throughout the years in ministry, I've had accountability. And when I did have an issue in some area, I went to my accountability and I said, look, I got to tell you, I'm struggling here. The devil will use whatever he can. So this is why God has set up a system of checks and balances so that you can have people around you, elders and mentors and wise counsel and the word of God, which is far more important than anything, the word of God. And you got to be a lover of the word. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You got to be a lover and a doer of the word. And, and that's the fruit in our life. If we keep falling in the same area, no one's going to trust us. If we keep falling, we're going to lose credibility. If we keep falling and we're not correcting that area of sin, then, you know, we're really not doers of the word. We're not really doing, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. We're flagrantly saying, no, we're not going to obey your commands. No, we can't do that. So this is why I talk about holiness. Are we ever able to achieve perfection like Jesus? No. But are we able, ever able to get to a place of consecration on this earth? Yes. So all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the deal. 
It's when we get to the end of ourselves and we say, look, I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. I'm not going to be able to beat this smoking addiction. I'm not going to be able to beat this drinking addiction. I'm not going to be able to beat this yelling at this person or that person, or my anger issues. I need your help, Lord. Give me the strength and the strategy to overcome this, the fear. Give me the strategy to overcome the anxiety. I need your strength. See, it's when we come to the end of ourselves and we say, Lord, I need to depend on you. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. We got to recognize our need for God. Romans 7, 24 through 25. Romans 7, 24 through 25. It says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm going to read it again. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul cries, he's crying out here. And he's, it's revealing his deep realization of his need for God's deliverance. He's got to get delivered. Does that mean he's got a demon inside of him? Not necessarily, but it means that, you know, he's oppressed. He's got some bad habits. He's maybe got some generational curses. You know, he's maybe got some familiar spirits that are tempting him and lying spirits that are tempting him. And so he's saying, look, I'm a wretched man. Well, that doesn't sound like the guys online that are saying every pastor has got to be perfect. But I think where they're coming from, and I'm not in full disagreement with them because I understand where they're coming from, is they're sick of the leaven in the body of Christ. They're sick of the compromise. I mean, you got some of these churches. I saw one over the New Year's. I think I mentioned it. Look like a club. I mean, ridiculous. You know, come out from among them. Be consecrated. Be set apart. So, so how do we get a hold of our flesh? I mean, you know, there's this whole thing about T.D. Jakes that's been out there. And look, I don't know what's true and what's not about it. I, I guess the Lord will determine that. You know, if it is just an accusation, it's a horrible accusation. But it seems like there's something there. And uh, but, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these guys are guilty until proven innocent these days. But here's the thing. See, T.D. Jakes opened a door a long time ago. He, he was too motivational to the fact that he was hanging around the world, looking like the world at their parties. He opened up a door and a man that's that you know, a student in the scripture and has been around for that long in ministry, you should know better. So, you know, it, maybe he didn't do everything they're accusing him of. Maybe he did worse things. Who knows? The Lord is going to reveal that. But see, now there's been an open door because he, he was willing to go to a party where he probably shouldn't have gone to. He was willing to, to fraternize with people that instead of ministering to them in holiness and purity and righteousness and being set apart, you know, he, he appeared to be their friend. And it's, you can't be friends with darkness. You know, and that's the problem. A lot of that goes on in Hollywood is that there's these people, you know, they become friends with darkness and they flirt with darkness. And I see some of these preachers out there and they start looking so worldly. You can't even are, are you in the holiness and purity or not? Are you a Christian or not? Because you look like the world, you smell like the world, you sound like the world and you're hanging out with the world. And I think that's what some people online are upset about. It's like, look, we don't even know necessarily what happened, but you've already opened the door and you should know better. So that's where I think the uh, the zeitgeist, if you will, of the folks is like, you know, there's a lot of exposure that's coming out. And I think it's God. But if you're not, you know, out there sleeping with prostitutes and doing gay stuff and, you know, ho you know, hopefully you're not doing any of that stuff. And you got nothing to worry about. Then, you know, if the devil tries to accuse you, it's just an accusation. It'll fall to the ground. But if you're out there and you're doing one of these things, if you're out there doing something you shouldn't be doing, it's going to come to light. And that's what's happening in this hour. But the deal is, though is that Paul recognized this. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So he's not saying like, hey, I'm perfect. This is Paul, the apostle Paul. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Yeah, some of you can understand what that means. Excuse me.
some of you will understand what that means because it's like you feel in your heart like, hey, I may not be a preacher. I may not be a pastor. I'm just trying to be a good person to God. And the problem is, is that I'm getting caught up in sin. And Paul had a thorn in his side, by the way. He understood this, okay? And so he's literally out here. He's like, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's crying, and it reveals deep realization of his need for God's deliverance. We've all got to surrender our will to God. And we got to, we got to lay down the flesh, and we got to do everything we can to resist the devil and to resist temptation, but we're not going to be able to have the strength. So guess what? This is when we call upon the Lord. He says, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In 2024, we're going to have to get to the end of ourselves. It's not about my numbers. It's not about my views. It's not about me being popular. It's not about me looking this way. It's not about me impressing this person. We've got to get to the end of ourselves. whatever it is that's driving you. You know, I know a lot of people out there, they watch these influencers now and they get all caught up in all their stuff. Who's influencing you, them or God? The word of God or some person online? Because those people are carnal. And so we get to the end of ourselves. Look, you may like this. I, I used to like watching some R-rated movies because they were good movies. I thought they were good movies. But you know what? I got to the end of myself and I realized this is feeding my soul junk. It's like eating the worst candy out there. It rots your teeth. Well, this rots your brain. You know, what? the eyes are the window of the soul. What are you looking at? What are you long gazing at? What are you staring at? Well, that's where your, your mouth, your, your the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if that's what you're feeding yourself, you're going to get junk. And that's why God said, come out from among them. Get to the end of yourself. Hey, that may feel good. You know, folks used to tell me when I came out of the world, they said, you know, how did you stop having sex before marriage and things like that? You know, because they're like, I, I can't stop it. I don't know how to stop it. Well, yeah, it's tempting. Yeah, you know, it might feel good in the moment, but you're 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 grabbing a soul tie there. You're you're doing something out of order according to the Bible. You're not meant to sleep with somebody who's not your wife. And a lot of preachers never talk about this, but you're not that's a sin. It, it's it's a fornication, it's a sin. It's a, it's a, it's something that you and you and I are not meant to do. And that's why God gives us under marriage so that we have a partner and I don't like using that word partner cuz they're using that now in the world a lot. But what I'm saying is you have a you have a person that God's given you, okay, a spouse, that's a better term, or a wife or a husband that God's given you, and that person, you are one before the Lord. And, and when you uh, engage in any type of, uh, you know, anything, I don't want to say it on here because there's kids watching, um, you know, that's a worship. That's, that's a blessing when you're in a marriage. But when you're outside of a marriage, it's a sin. And, and, and you're, you're opening your body up to disease. You're opening your body up to, to spiritual uh, attack, you're, to accusation. You're a bad witness and testimony. If you're doing it, just stop and repent of it. But a lot of people, even in the Christian world, are doing this. So I'm just mentioning a few things. Okay, some of you got a drink, drinking problem. Some of you got a masturbation problem. Some of you got a pornography problem. Whatever those things. All those things are grievous to God. And they will stop you from the full blessing that God has. Because as a good father, he's not going to give you the entirety of what he's got for you until you're willing to consecrate yourself and come out from among them and be holy and obey his commands. Does that make sense? And so Paul got to the end of himself where he said, look, I recognize my need for God. And the deal is, is I, a wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Paul, Paul's cries, Reveal the deep realization of his need for God's deliverance and surrendering our will to God. Galatians 2.20.
Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So surrendering means allowing Christ to live in us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've reached the end of ourself. It is no longer I that live. It's Christ. To live is Christ to die is gain. When the warfare comes, you know what? I'm representing God. Of course, I'm going to have warfare. We, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. When the discouragement comes, when, when, the, when the lying spirit comes, when the depression tries to come on you, the oppression, when you start analyzing yourself too much, you get down on yourself, you know, when you start worrying, when you have fear, all these things are anti-fruit, anti anti-fruit. So we got to come to the end of ourselves and say, look, it's no longer I that live. Okay, I, you know, there was a time when I wanted to be, I don't know, a musician, you know, like I am a musician, but I mean like, you know, a singer. And, you know, I've made some CDs and things like that. And the Lord has redeemed that, you know, praise God. And I led worship for many years. Uh, but there was a time when I thought maybe that would be my career. You know, this is many, many years ago because I used to sing. You know, I sang even when I was an actor. I mean, I've always sang like as a kid, I sang. So, you know, that was a, a dream, if you will, from the worldly standpoint. Now, can God redeem that? Do I sing sometimes in, in church? And, uh, you know, for many years I led worship. So, yes, God redeemed it. But the deal is I had to lay down my own ambition, my aspiring spirit in that area, okay, and say, you know what? It's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. God, what do you want me to do? What, what, do I, what can I do that will glorify you? What can I do to be the best representation of you on this earth? How can I get to the end of myself where it's not about my motives? What are our motives? You know, not about my motives. People, people see the glory. They don't know the story. Like, I tell people the stress that we have in the ministry, if I didn't have the Lord and I wasn't able to lay it down and be, you know, in prayer daily, I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, it's the stress is off the charts right now. I mean, the, the things that are that we're seeing on this earth and, the you know, all the different things that come through the ministry every day, it's like mind blowing. I mean, from, you know, parents that are dealing with their kids that are missing or, you know, kids just committed suicide or, you know, kids in the anime and they're all demonized or they're into, you know, they're, they're turned into one of these other, gender things or whatever you know I, I can't say too much on here because they take the feed down with these key words now that's what we found out but you know what i'm talking about the 57 different things you know uh, parents are hurting you know there's a, every day we get a call from somebody that watches the broadcaster that's involved in ministry where you're hurting and i want you to know as a parent i understand that's painful to watch your kid in, in rebellion and out there just doing something you know grieves god but it's your prayers that are pulling them in it's your prayers that are the protection around them. Well, we've got to remember, we serve a God of grace and mercy. He goes after the one. He leaves the 99. And so we, here's what we got to do. We got to get to the end of ourselves. Lord, I can't possibly win this battle without you. I can't make it happen. I can't manipulate my way to make it happen. I can't manipulate my way to, to get a raise. I can't manipulate my, if you do that, that's going to be a means to an end. You're going to get caught. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come out because it's, it's if it's not the spirit of the Lord, if you don't build the house, you labor in vain. If the Lord doesn't build the house, excuse me. If the Lord doesn't build the house, we labor in vain. So in other words, if we try to build it, then, then we're not going to get anywhere. It's got to be empowered by the spirit. It's got to be a God strategy. So we got to surrender our will to God. 
We've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life in which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. So surrendering means allowing Christ to live in us. Now, let's go to Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So denying self is a critical step. This is what the Lord says. It's a crucial step. It's a must have. It's, it's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Uh, denying self is a crucial non-negotiable step in, in coming to the end of ourselves. Let's read this again. Matthew 16, 24. So important. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires, if anyone, that's you, that's me, that's anyone, desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So this is coming to the end of our own ambitions, the end of our own desires. Now, of course, we can desire to please God because that's in alignment with his spirit and his word. But I'm talking about if you had some type of ambition to be famous, to have a big ministry, uh, who knows? I mean, today it's like so many different things. Whatever it is, that's your thing. Some people got you know, way too much into fantasy football that you've now made that an idol in your life and you're not spending time with your family. Some people are into video games way too much, become an idol, you know, or you, you know, I knew uh, professional poker, poker players, you know, that's fine if you do it as a living and God's put you there. But if you make that everything and you, and you leave God out of your life, you're going to be in trouble. We've got to come to the end of ourselves, our ambitions. And this is hard in today's career world. You know, you got to you got to put in 110 percent in your career. I mean, they, they make you. I know I've been in the corporate world. I mean, you, you work in 12 hour days. Sometimes you get home, you're still doing emails and you're like, Pastor, I mean, yeah, I listen to your sermons, but how can I possibly do all that you're saying? We've got to all come to the end of ourselves and reliant on the spirit filled with the spirit, reliant on the spirit, hearing the voice of the Lord. We look at our circumstance in the natural. We're going to get down. We're going to get depressed. Now, you may be having a blessed season and things are really good right now. Maybe that's not you. But most of us can say, I'm in a battle. And right now, I could easily get discouraged if I didn't lay down these things at the foot of the cross and rely on the Lord. Every Christian, every Christian is meant to rely on the Lord. Every Christian is meant to be in the presence of God. Every single one. So we got to trust in God's wisdom. I often read the scripture. You don't have to go there. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Of course, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trusting God's wisdom over our own is essential. We've got to let the Lord be the potter. We're the clay. We've got to let him be the author. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith is the key. It's the currency. I talk about this a lot. What God wants of us is not to be perfect because he knows we're not going to be able to attain that. What he wants us to do is to desire to be in his will and, and have a heart for holiness and consecration and come out from among the world. And when we sin and when we fall and when we do something stupid, we quickly repent, excuse me, and we course correct. Have to, have to. It's a must. It's a non-negotiable. So we got to trust in him with all of our heart, the entirety of our heart. Every This is so hard. You're, you're saying all our heart, Todd? Yes, all of it. He's saying trust in the Lord with what? All, all, all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding because if you do that, you're going to fall. If you do that, you're going to do something stupid. If you do that, 
you're not going to have the best of what God has for you. He says, trust in him and lean not on your own understanding. What does that mean? That means you got to rely on his understanding. My sheep hear my voice. It means we got to hear from his word. We got to get into his word and know, know what he's saying in his word and apply it. Be doers of the word. Come to the end of ourselves. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 25, 1 Corinthians 1, 25, it says this, because the foolishness of God is wiser than, the, than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So what this is saying, it's recognizing our limitation and embracing God's wisdom is part of coming to the end of ourselves. The foolishness of God is still wiser than man, and the weakness of God is still stronger than men. What are we? We're men. We might be a woman, but you know what I mean. We're, we're, we're flesh. We're men. Now, we're spirit too, mind, body, spirit. We got, okay, it says, do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that's, that's, that's mind. Our mind is meant to be transformed. How? It's renewed in the spirit of God in prayer and in worship and in the word. We, we renew our mind. Don't be conformed to all the craziness in this world. If you conform, that's, you see all these people, they call them sheeple. You know, they just conform to whatever the latest thing is that the deep state's push, pushing on us. You know, whatever it is. You know, whether, you know, you, you see them wearing a pink hat one minute, next thing they got a flag in their in their profile. Whatever the latest thing, that's the sheeple. Those are the people that just fall for whatever it is. If you're easy to just fall into those things, you're not using discernment of the Holy Spirit. I'm not making fun of you, but you got you to be a little more wise to understand the plan and the darkness behind this because the battle is not against flesh and blood. So he tells us, don't be conformed don't, don't have conformity in your life. But he says, but be transformed. That's new life. That's revival. That's new life. That means you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, I'm a new creation. And so in Christ, we're a new creation. The old has passed away. Be transformed. That's what that is. Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Dying your flesh daily. Dying your flesh daily. This is a constant thing that we're going through. It's a constant thing. Now, we get better. We get more wise. Uh, we, we have less problems than we did maybe when we first became a Christian, hopefully. That means that's called growth. But does it ever fully go away? No, because the entire time that we're here on this planet, we're in a battle. And the battle's for our soul, the battle's for our eternity, and it's for other people's souls. And we're meant to be the salt and the light, but you know, meant to represent Jesus. But don't be conformed to the things of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, there's mind, body. People say, well, this is like, uh, you know, mind, body, spirit. That sounds new age. That's why I'm going through this. Body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit indwells in our body, which is the temple. So we've got to take care of the body. We've got to take care of the temple. That means eating right. That means, you know, doing whatever you need to do to be in the best possible position for your health. Now, of course, you know, some of us are better at this than others. But the Bible talks about gluttony being a sin. And by the way, if you don't take care of the temple, you're going to get disease. That's what happens. And stress, stress causes disease. Worry causes disease. Well, the Lord says don't have anxiety. Don't be anxious for anything, but in all things in prayer and supplication. So if you're dealing with a high level of stress, you're not, you're not effectively laying it down at the altar because we haven't come to the end of ourselves yet. Does that make sense? So God's calling us to come to the end of ourselves. That way, when, whenever, whatever it is that happens, people dying around you that you love, uh, all different types of stresses that you're in, battles that you're in, people accusing you, you've come to the end, of the end of yourself. That's it. It doesn't matter. I'm not conformed to these things. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm in, I'm in the spirit. I've come to the end of myself. I can't, but I can't do this without God. You know, I can't do this without God. 
It's by his spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I think somebody's getting this right now. By the spirit of God is how we're able to do this. It's how we're able to, how we're able to conquer. You know, he says, you're more than conquerors. Why? Because the spirit of God, we've come to the end of ourselves. Hallelujah. Something's happening here. Something is happening here. I feel it. Do you feel it right now? If you do, say amen in the comments. Something is happening. Okay. So because of the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man, we're recognizing that our limitations and we're embracing God's wisdom, which is his word, his spirit, and, it, and we're going to embrace that and come to the end of ourselves. Now, finding strength and weakness. We're almost done. Finding strength and weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. It says this, it says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Whoa, that's a huge one. His grace is sufficient for us. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So weak, it's, it, he already knew we're going to be weak. This is why when I'm saying, when I was talking about the heresy hunters, it's like, look, I'm not against exposure. And I'm certainly, you know, some people probably try to make this a video. I hope they don't. They see my heart, but some people might. I'm not giving you a, a green light for sin. I'm not giving you greasy grace. I'm not, I'm not saying here to be seeker friendly and just, oh, it's okay, just go repent. I'm saying don't sin. You're going to deal with consequence. The wages of sin are death. But what I'm also saying is if you look at the scripture, all these scriptures that we're talking about today talk about weakness, talk about the fact that we got to trust in the Lord, not our own understanding. Why? Because our own understanding is bad. Uh, Jesus said to disciples, if anybody's desire after me, let them deny yourself. We got to deny ourselves. Uh, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me because I'm crucified with Christ, which I know I live in the flesh, but I live by faith. It's because we couldn't live without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the currency. And, and faith is going to get us to where we got to go. And then, and then, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul knew. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what I'm just saying here is it's not an excuse for sin. Like, we don't compromise. We don't. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Last thing we want to do is, is compromise. I'm, I'm totally opposite about that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a holiness preacher, purity and righteousness and consecration. The Lord met me with an angel and said, come out from among them, be consecrated. Trust me, I get it. Uh, the entirety of the ministry God's given me for years, I've been a, a guy that's been after God's heart to the best of my ability, but I'm just telling you, I've made mistakes and everybody has. And anybody that's out there pretending like they're holier than thou, they, they don't understand the scriptures already expose them. Okay, because the deal is, is no one's holier than thou. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but our best thing that we're going to do is to consecrate and to live holy and to do everything that we can to ask the Lord for strength. But we've got to come to the end of ourselves. Many Christians have not come to the end of themselves. They're still sitting there thinking they're going to be able to do this on their own strength. They're not. If you think you're going to be able to build a ministry because you want to be popular on your own strength, you're going to fall. If you if you if you comparing yourself to somebody else, you're gonna you're gonna lose. You can't. No one can fit in your shoes, and no one and you're not gonna be able to fit in their shoes. We've got to come in of ourselves and say it's not about anything else, God, but you. It's gotta be about you. Take my life, take my life, Lord God. Use me. Not not take it till death, but take it to use. Use me, Lord. Let my heart be right before you. Let me be holy before you. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my unrighteousness. We've got to come to the end of ourselves. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here. 
God is love, friends. And that's the greatest witness to anybody in the world. That's why I came to Jesus, because of his love. I knew that he loved me. I knew that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And for 27 years or however long it's been now, I've been doing my best to get more and more consecrated every year and to peel away all the layers of brokenness in my life. But will I ever fully get there? I don't know. Probably not until I die. And then I'm given my, my heavenly body. But it's like Billy Graham said, you know, till the day that he dies, he's ever teachable. We got to always be teachable. Have love for folks. Love them into the kingdom, but still confront sin. Tell people what's up. I mean, don't lie to them. Set them up for success. But do it in love. Do it in love. So here's the deal. We got to let, let go our burdens, okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us to come to him and lay our burdens down. Psalm uh, 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. We got to surrender our burdens to God as an act of trust and humility. And so in coming to the end of ourselves, it's not a sign of weakness, but of wisdom. It's a transformative journey where we recognize our need for God, surrender our will to him, trust in his wisdom, find our strength and uh, find his strength in our weaknesses and let go of our burdens. And as we embrace these truths, we can, we will experience the fullness of God's grace and his transformative power in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I felt the presence of the Lord here. Somebody's getting a, a breakthrough today. You've, you've tried to, to set unrealistic expectations and you've held yourself to a standard that you, you never feel worthy. And God's saying you are worthy through the blood. But the deal is consecrate yourself. Come out from among them. Don't allow the sin anymore to overtake you. And when you come into a place where you feel led to sin or to fall, ask the Lord for strength. We've got to come to the end of ourselves and have mercy and grace on others and pray for them. Don't pray that people just fail. Pray that they succeed. Lift them up. Help them. Carry, you know, carry them in prayer. Do what you can. We, the body of Christ, are known by our love. We're known by our fruit. We've got to be lovers and doers of the word and we've got to come out from among them. This is so important. But remember, the most important thing, if you can get today, other than your salvation being safe, set free, healed, and delivered, the most important thing of this message is that you can come to the end of yourself and you rely totally, fully, wholly on Christ Jesus. He is our strength. He is our fortress. He's our very present help in time of need. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for today. I thank you for this message. I thank you for everybody watching. I pray right now, Lord God, that something uh, supernatural would click in them today. Not because of me. I'm my best day of preaching. I can't make them feel anything. But Lord, I pray that they'd feel your Holy Spirit today in such a way that they'd turn from wickedness and turn to you in their life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stay in that attitude of prayer for a minute. If you're watching today, you say, Pastor Todd, I, I want to make sure if I die, if I get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. It doesn't matter if you're by yourself or you're with somebody. Wherever you're watching, lift your hand. That's me, Pastor. I want to make sure that I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Just say this prayer after me. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are Lord. And Jesus, I commit my life to you today. No turning back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've had church this morning. I felt the presence of the Lord. If you just gave your heart to the Lord, we want to hear from you. 
please reach out at pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. We'd be happy to send you a Bible and talk to you with any information that you need about the decision that you just made. Remember, this is just the beginning. Now you got to get into a Bible-believing church or you got to tune into this, this church every Sunday, get involved in the core group. Sorry, my eyes are a little watery. Got a little bit emotional there. You know, I just uh, got a lot on my heart, guys. A lot on my heart. God's doing a lot of stuff. And I got a real burden for, for those that are hurting in this generation. I know many of you are hurting. I got a huge burden for you. Don't carry the weight, okay? I know there's there's judgmental people in the church that'll just make you feel like you can never get there. But the truth is, as we explained it today, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The best thing you could do is repent and, and start living for the Lord. And God, you're not too dirty. I, when I first came into the church, I thought I was gonna get struck by a lightning bolt. Trust me, I just come out of the LA club scene. I was a young Hollywood actor. I was involved in all kinds of junk. And uh, I thought that I was too dirty for God. But guess what? He had different plans, didn't he? And so what he did for me, he can do for you. And uh, so don't don't listen to all that other noise out there. God wants you. He loves you. He's calling you by name, okay? Make it count 2024. Start serving him and watch what he does. You're going to see your whole life's going to change, and the Lord is going to be with you. Come to the end of yourself. Total reliance on the Lord. Love you, and I bless you. Tune in the podcast this week. Tune into uh, Sunday service uh, every week that we do at this time. Uh, we also have podcasts on all of our different podcast platforms. Anywhere out there, you can search for the Todd Coconato Show, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O Show. Or uh, you can watch Firepower on Wednesdays. You can watch the Friday service at the ROC Live. Uh, we're always putting up new broadcasts and stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. We'll be back soon. The sound I love to hear is the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praise as he hears sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear worship He hears Awake up, he's slumbering It's time to 
Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. You know, we're fully listener supported, which means that we can't do the work that we're doing unless we have your support. Please pray about becoming a monthly partner to this ministry. We are affecting the lives of many people by the grace of God. And in order for us to expand or even to stay doing what we're doing, we need your help. Thank you so much for prayerfully considering to become a partner. We truly appreciate you and bless you in Jesus' name.